0: We're so lucky, but because of social media and because of everything that we look at, it's never good enough. And so we're never happy with ourselves because we don't ask ourselves, what's actually gonna make me happy? Are those things gonna make me happy? Things do not make us happy. You have to love yourself literally from the inside out. And when you figure that out, you're going to figure so much more out. But if you're not happy with yourself, nothing, not a single thing, not a single person, not the cutest freaking animal in the world will make you happy.
1: You're listening to Untamed, a podcast dedicated to empowering you, the lash artist, while providing insights on how to achieve success that is as individual and unique as you are. Each episode, me, Cheryl,
2: and me, Anne-Marie, share our best information openly, without reservation. We discuss challenges, best practices, and what the
1: future holds for the Lash industry. So grab a snack and your comfiest sweater and get ready to geek out with your new Lash BFFs. Oh, and don't forget to subscribe! Welcome back, Lash Nerds, to another episode of Untamed Podcast. Today, we have Megs with us. Megs is best known for helping lash artists perfecting their fan making through her online course called 30 Days to Better Volume. You guys probably have heard of it, but there's a ton more that we want to share about her with our listener today. And I actually got to personally meet Megs a couple of years ago. And let me just tell you, she is just this bundle of joy in person as she is online. It was such a pleasure to get to know you and meet you in person. So today... I want to introduce you to my listeners and my audience, but I want you to do your own intro. Tell us a little bit about you. Well,
0: hi. Thank you. As always, you know, I love hanging out with you guys and you say I'm a bundle of joy, but like, so are you. We vibe really well together. You guys, we just like have a really good time. So yes. Hi, my name is Maggie Kaiser. My Instagram handle is Mags Lashes. I've been a lash artist for nine years. I think it was the second year that I started lashing. I also started educating with Borbaletta. And then from there, I hired a couple people to start working with me as I was educating. And then I opened a salon and then I did online education and have done a whole lot of other things. I've moved around Utah for these different things. I've traveled the US and up into Canada even for some stuff. Yeah, I'm a wiry ball of crazy happiness that wants to help people in any way that I can. So that's my crazy intro.
1: (laughs) We love it. Love it. (laughs) So Megs, We want to bring you on because, you know, on our podcast, it's really a place where we try to get to know some of these lash artists. We want to, you know, look behind the curtain and see who they are and kind of really get into the weeds with their career trajectory. Because so many of our listeners are on a similar path, you know, so many of our listeners or maybe aspiring to be where you are next or some other artists. So let's dive into your story today. I want to first hear a little bit about your journey in becoming an educator. What was it about education that you gravitated towards and how did you end up with this online course? Because at the time, online course was not very popular in our industry. So tell me.
0: I started lashing and everyone asks, why did you start lashing? Well, because I thought it was easy, and I thought it was good money, and I didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. You know in elementary school when everyone's like, I want to be a firefighter, or I want to do this, or I want to do that? Like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't even want to go to my piano lessons. <laughs> I to figure out what I was going to do with my life. So I signed up for aesthetic school. Both of my sisters are in the beauty industry as well. So I had a good idea of how this would go. You could set your own schedule. You could set your own pricing. You have that flexibility. So I really, really like that. I went to school, and I'm not going to hate on my school. I learned a lot of good stuff. But the lashing aspect, which is the only aspect I really wanted to go for, needed to be better. I learned the very basics, and I learned some other things that I learned over the years were horrible things to learn. Taking lashes off with acetone. (gasps) It's a story for another day.
1: Oh, my god! (laughs) So there's that. Okay. I just died a little. I need to be resuscitated. Okay. (laughs) I I have officially
0: resuscitated myself. Ah, So I started with that. And in school, the school that I went to, once you got good with lashes, that's what you did, which was great for me. I got to learn a lot. I got to increase my speed. I got to learn how to communicate with people and build a clientele. And so after school, that's what I did. I jumped right into lashes. I was really lucky. I was able to build my clientele quickly. But I'm from Southern Utah, which is where. I was last year as well for anyone who follows me. They kind of know I've been bebopping around the state. And I wanted more. I wanted a bigger life for myself. So Mark and I, Mark's my husband, we were married for about six months at the time. I was like, let's move to Salt Lake. Bigger state of mind, bigger place to be. So we decided to move up there. And I started lashing up there. I made a couple friends. Miranda, I'm trying to think of what her handle is right now. Go on my Instagram, you'll find her. (laughs) Do you love my things? Anyways, we started lashing a bunch together, and Borbaletta was a new company. I remember reaching out to asking anyone on Instagram, because at the time, you couldn't find anything on education. And I couldn't afford to take these other classes, or I didn't trust it, or there weren't even classes out there to take. So I would dig and dig and dig and dig and dig to figure these different things out. And so I had thrown a question up on Instagram. I was like, who has a latex-free adhesive? I didn't even know what was in in adhesive. And so then Borboletta popped up and I'm like, "Hmm, hmm, okay. So I kind of like started talking to them more and whatever. And I just ended up being in their presence and they liked me. I think they liked my energy. They liked my positive attitude, whatever. So those homies took a risk (laughs) on me educating, right? I didn't know, like I wanted to educate because I needed the help. I, like I said, I had to dig and dig and dig. Even when they had said, hey, come be an educator for us. I took a volume course and I sucked at it so bad. I struggled with it so bad. It just didn't make sense. And so I was, again, looking for this information. I was like, there has to be something better. So once they hired me, it was my goal to make it so other artists wouldn't struggle like I did because it was so frustrating and lashes shouldn't be that hard. So I educated with them for a while. I think I was with them for three years. Again, I had gone all over the States. I'd gone to Hawaii multiple times, which is so fun. That's great. It's like, oh, I got to see these different States. I got to go hang out on the beach. That's dope. But the time came where I had a point in my life. I started getting anxiety with traveling. Um, I didn't like to leave home. The money wasn't really worth it, but at the same time it was because like You know, I was creating this amazing life for myself. Around that same time, my dad had passed. And I realized with him passing, you need to live the life you really want to live. And for me, that wasn't being gone every weekend and traveling by myself and teaching these students. So thankfully, I had Mark. And Mark had asked... Kim and Craig, they're the owners of Borboletta, for those of you that don't know, if they would ever do something online. And even I thought he was crazy. I'm like, no one's going to learn anything online, dude. <laughs> but he had this idea. And so I stopped working for them. And for a couple months, Mark and I kind of just threw this idea back and forth. He's like, how could we teach people how to do this? Like you have figured it out. You've been able to simplify it and really explain it really well to students. Like I had really good reviews with Borboletta. Again, I think because I am happy and I'm positive, I'm like, no, you guys got this. You have that positive influence on people. So even if they're really struggling, having that positive vibe is going to help them so much. So Mark was in the shower one day and he got this idea and he's like 30 days to better volume. So he came up with the name and he runs out and he's like, "Mags, I have the idea. Let's do this online course. And I was like, you know what? Great. Let's do it. I just had this fire under me. And I don't know exactly why it was, to be completely honest with you, but I was like, yeah, let's go with it. So we started talking, we tried to figure it out, and we broke it down. And we're like, all right, here's your four weeks, here's what I want to do, whatever. And we went from there. Before we even filmed it, though, we sold that sucker for $47, threw some ads up and just thought, is anyone going to buy this? They did. They did. We made over $700 the first day with a course that wasn't even made. So we knew that the uh, need was out there. You know what I mean? So we filmed it. We got it out there, got reviews back, filmed it again, sold it for a little bit more, got some more reviews back, and then filmed it the third time and really beefed up the course, had these different bonuses and everything like that. And the whole reason I did this is because people, there's people like me. I'm the kind of person, I'm going to go take a course. And they're going to teach me shaping. They're going to teach me how to make a fan. They're going to teach me about adhesive. They're going to teach me how to place a gel pad and a million other things, right? That's overwhelming, especially if you are brand new. And so it's like, okay, uh, what did you say? (laughs) Uh, How do I do this? Yeah. Wait, what about this? So I'm like all right, I'm not the only person that's struggling with this. So let's make this course and break it down. And so that's how the course evolved. Is I was like, what did I need? Because I'm not the only person out there that needs this. So that's how we got to that point. Now, what was the last part of that question? Because here I am. This is how I function.
1: <laughs> no, you answered a full question. And I think this cool. is a great example of how when someone successful businesses in my observation and like you know my reading of case studies it's always a person who's solving a problem that it's personal to them That they're passionate about, you know, so that's why anytime my friends ask me advice on starting a business and all that stuff, I always ask them, is that a problem that you experience that you're passionate in solving? So I can see why, you know, 30 Days to a Better Volume was such a huge hit because, you know, you were solving a problem that was so close to you. I also know that you built a little community as well, would 30 days to better volume? Do you think that that community contributed to the success of the course? And how has that community, I guess, like, you know, what does that community look like and mean to you?
0: To be completely transparent, I wish that I would have been better in the community. It was good, but it could have been so much better. And that community was very important because I was creating a safe space on Facebook for artists to come and ask me questions and be able to talk to other artists too. My whole thing was, I do this one way and I tell you, like, here's a couple other ways that you can do it. Try it on your own and see what you like to do, how you like to use that tape to manipulate the eyes. But not only that, they have this community who's going to be in a different area, who might have a different way to do things so they can pick up knowledge from multiple people. But again, it's that safe space. So many of these Facebook pages are so cringy and so mean. Someone will post something and they have to say, please only give me positive feedback. Why should you ever have to preface something with, please give me positive feedback. I can't handle the negativity. Everyone has a different style. Everyone is learning. Everyone is trying to do their best. And you may not agree with that style, but you don't have to be like, oh, those are the ugliest, worst lashes I've ever seen. So what set my community apart was that kindness, was that love, was um, the fact that I would get on and I would answer these different questions and I would make this personal connection with these people and I wouldn't hide things from them. There's so many communities and other people who still hold back little things. And if I didn't know something, I would be transparent with them in that way as well. And I would ask other people in the community, Hey, who's in a higher humidity area? I am not. So I can't appropriately tell you. I can tell you what I think you could do, but maybe there's someone who can give you a better answer. So just being vulnerable and asking other people, I think, was a huge thing for that community. And if I would have pushed for it a little bit more, I could have built it up that much more. But for what it was, I think it was good.
1: I heard great things about your community. So oh,
0: thank you. Oh my gosh. It, it really does mean a lot when I hear, especially from bigger names like you guys, when you're like, hey, people are talking about your course. People are talking about your community because it means a lot because, yeah, it, you guys know it takes so much to shut that fear down and that ego down to put yourself out and do something new and do something different. I had multiple comments before I even launched the course from people that I used to work with that were doubting me or saying rude things about me and that lit my fire even more. I was like, nope, I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm prove you wrong. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: And you definitely did. (laughs) So there's that. Mm -hmm. uh, It's really interesting. It was new at the time really wasn't happening. And I do understand still today the benefit of doing something online versus in class or in class versus online. There's pros and cons to both. And one thing I really like about your course is that you could break it down and there's a section where you can just fan with mags and you're just sitting there watching you make fans and hanging out kind of vibe. Yeah, And you could always go back and rewatch those sections that you just needed more help on that you just can't know everything from just one day class or two day class in person. So
0: Exactly. They had lifetime access, which was so unheard of, like other online courses have. You have it for a year, which is still really good. But you guys, I could log in today and I could see someone who just logged in a week ago because they keep coming back. And what I got a big review that I got actually was they liked that not every fan was perfect because so many other people put out this persona that it is perfect. And I know that they've worked to get to that point, but to see someone that you look up to. That is like, oh, yep, that wasn't perfect. You can still use it and remind you that you're going to have these bumps and bruises along the way, but it's still okay. That's huge because we just don't have that enough. It's this perfect, this is my life, this is my perfect body, this is my perfect car. And it is not like that on the way. Like, we'll post these different images, but then the images we share are the perfect images. It's like, yeah, growth isn't like this. It's da 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 da. But then the rest of their page doesn't show that. Yes. You know? Oh my god, yeah. that is
1: so true. It's
2: so true. Yeah. I I like that you're very transparent about your like your skill set, the struggles we have as artists and then just sharing your own personal journey. And one thing that you did with your course that you mentioned is that you got feedback and you would adjust the course along the way to make it better. So that means that you're paying attention to what others are saying. And like you mentioned, also making sure that that ego is in check so that you can take that feedback and be like, "Ooh, it's actually a really good idea. Let's do it. Yes. So with that said, what are some common struggles that you keep seeing among students that you were trying to just kind of fix and make a little bit more comfortable for everyone?
0: The biggest struggle with the majority of students is mindset. So if I was to go back and even if I didn't refilm the course, which I'm ridiculous and kind of want to for for dumb reasons, if I was going to change anything, I would add a mindset section because people put these boundaries on themselves or they think, oh, this person's doing it and they're doing it so easy. I can't do that. It is a lie. We tell ourselves so many lies and it's just like, you may need to practice more, but guess what? you might actually end up being the better artist than this person that picked it up immediately. Because they picked it up immediately, they'll be like, I got this. It's no big deal. I don't need to keep learning. And then you pass them. So mindset. Wow. I
1: couldn't agree more. Mindset, it's like, I always tell people that like, you know, I feel like, especially volume, it's like a mental game more than like actual skill set, you know, because you can get into your head so easily, which is why taking break is so important. Understanding how your brain works and being able to kind of go with your brain instead of against your brain, pushing yourself when you shouldn't be pushing yourself, expecting yourself to learn at a certain speed when that is not how Your brain is wired in a particular way. And I think in a very small industry that sometimes have very big influencers that takes up a lot of space in this industry can apply a lot of implied pressure to our students and, you know, the members of our community to feel like I'm not perfect or I'm not good unless I'm like or, you know, when I'm like. So I really like how, you know, you're normalizing the imperfection. Yeah. Because there's nothing to dislike about the imperfection. You know, I want to hear more people to like, I definitely feel like I was guilty of that before. When I show up making fans, I show the prettiest fan, the biggest fan I can make. And first of all, I personally just enjoy making fans a lot. And I love making fans. But it's only until later of my career that I learned that like, I also have to normalize that my fans fall apart. My fans are not symmetrical all the time so that people don't feel like, you know, they're not good unless they make fans just like the way that I do. My AD, perfectly symmetrical, pointy base.
0: Well, and you know what's funny too is like you can be in class or even at the show this year or whatever. I'm showing people how to make fans and I, I do so many classic lashes now, you guys, and like the wet lash look in Texas, that blew my mind. So, I really haven't had to fan that much. And I didn't have my typical tools or whatever, but I'm like making these fans and I'm like, oh, sorry, these are not looking that good. And they're like, oh my gosh, you did that so fast. So, even the thing that's like so ugly or imperfect to us, they're like, oh, I know. How did you do that? I you know, know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, I just, after, if people just pay attention to who they're teaching, who they're talking to, and actually care about what that person is saying back, they'll realize so much more. But we don't. We kind of half listen, and then when we cut it off, and it's like, do this, da, 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 da. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. After every single class, when I was doing in-person trainings, whether I was alone or I had my co-educator there, I would sit down with every student. How are you? How are you feeling? How can I help you now? If you ever need help, please reach out to me. I will do whatever I can over social media. I'll send you videos. I'll I'll do what I can to make sure that you can get this because I struggled with that.
1: Yeah, I can see the kindness. Just listen. The kindness oozing out of you, you know? <laughs> so I know, like me and Amory know this, but not a lot of our listener knows that you're actually not in the education space anymore. I'm
0: not. And
1: you're also not in Utah anymore. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> so take us through that. Like what made you move physically, you know? And then also what made you move out of the education space?
0: So let's go back
1: to 2020. Oh, good year. The
0: most traumatizing year of all, (laughs) right? I think a lot of people that year showed a lot of people what maybe they should be doing in life. I think a lot of people worked and worked and worked and never took their PTO or never took time away from their clients or anything like that. And so that was a really good year. I think actually, to be honest with you guys, that was one of our higher selling years because so many people were at home. So that was a really good year. The end of that year is when we moved, right? It's 2022 now. Yes. The end of that year we moved. I needed to move. I had my salon and it was running great. I had all my booth renters. I had a full clientele. They had a full clientele. I wasn't fulfilled. I wasn't happy. I needed to leave. And I didn't really know why then to be completely honest with you. And so in a roundabout way, I actually manifested us to move to St. George. And I got us out of there in freaking December out of all the times. But I'm like, okay, this is happening. We're moving now. And of course, we had these wonderful plans to move to St. George and build a house and do these things. Well, then the rest of the world wanted to move to St. George and build a house and the market skyrocketed. And I was like, excuse me, I'm not paying that much for a house. That's not going to happen. So last year, last year's where a lot of stuff happened. We moved to St. George. Mark and I and his family really have, are all really into energy work. So I started diving deep into that because the beginning of last year was hard. We ended up being in an apartment instead of building a house. Okay, that's okay if you have plans to build a house and you have a timeline. Well, we didn't because we didn't want to buy a house in the market. So that was kind of like, oh, what do we do? We don't like where we're at. The energy wasn't super great. And I was like, okay, hey, how do I uplift myself? What do I do? So I dove into energy work. Got really into that. Started seeing a handful of different people for massages for Reiki and and whatever. And about halfway through last year, I was on my way to a massage with another energy worker and I just started crying. And I I'm not gonna get emotional today because that's absolutely ridiculous. But It is what it is. On the way to that session, I just realized that I wasn't happy doing online education anymore. It wasn't serving me. I didn't know why. It was a great source of income for us. You know, it it had changed our life. I was able to help so many people, which I loved doing. I loved being able to see how happy they were and how grateful they were, but I just wasn't resonating with it anymore. So by the time I was done with this massage, I was able to go home and I looked at Mark and I started to cry and I was like, please just let me get this out. I can't do the online education anymore. I know that we've both put so much time and effort into it, especially you, because he filmed it. He edited it. He would write my emails. He would market it. He did so much. And I was just like, it's just, I can't do it. I can't push it right now. I don't know why I can't give you a full answer, but it's not the right thing to do. I need to take a step back and I need to just see clients and I need to refigure out my life. So halfway through last year, I did that. I just stopped selling it. I would sell it kind of here and there, but I would never share it. And I just focused back on the simplicity of life. So yeah, I just went back to the simplicity. I missed being able to have certain client conversations or focus on certain styling things. I miss the simplicity of life. And as I started talking to more people, I had a handful of clients in Southern Utah who also did lashes. And they loved just doing lashes. And I realized last year, I was like, why do you have to do more than lashes? If you love it, why are you doing more? You can make really good money and you can still have a flexible schedule and you can still have that big, beautiful home and take all of those vacations. But because Instagram has shown us that these certain people have done these certain things this way to have this life, we don't think that we can just do lashes and have that life. In a way, we're fed a lie, because of who we're following. And it's not like they're lying to our face. They could say these same things, but we don't always read the caption. We don't always believe the the dirty house or the fat body to the skinny body type of thing. You know what I mean? And so as I talked to these clients, I was just like, oh my gosh, you are so happy and you're just lashing. You're not stressed about getting more students in. You're not stressed about these different things. And I just loved how simple their life was. And I just wanted that. So I just went back into that. And th- and the more I realized that, I'm like, oh my gosh, so many artists think that they have to open a salon or open a product line or educate or make t-shirts or do whatever else. And I had started talking to more and more people and they're like, what do I do next? And I was like, well, what do you want to do next? Well, maybe I should open a salon. Well, do you want to open a salon? Well, I don't really know, but it's this passive income. And I'm like, I didn't want to open a salon. But Mark said, guess what? You totally could. So I did. I wasn't doing anything that I really wanted to do. That's unfair to say. I enjoyed it throughout the time and I made the best of it. But when I actually asked myself and I like asked my gut, I started really listening to my gut last year, which more people need to do. I was like, yeah, I don't want to do this. It just is not serving me. So I stopped and I went back to seeing clients, which sounds absolutely insane to anyone who is educating because it's like, oh, I'll go teach the student, or I'll sell this thing online and I'll make that money. And then I don't have to sit there and break my back. I just liked the simplicity of it. And so that's what I did. So then we moved from Southern Utah. And the reason we moved from Southern Utah to Texas, first of all, we chose Texas because I have an older sister there who I live about 10 minutes away from. And we had visited her a few times and it was always in the winter. So it wasn't even pretty, but it was that big city, that big mindset. And we were really close to a lot of Mark's family and even my family last year, which had its own struggles. Sometimes when you're too close, it's too much. You get overwhelmed, you get annoyed, and you can't do maybe what you want to do. So we decided to move to Texas for our relationship and for the business. So we moved down to Fort Worth, reset, and now it's been really fun because I can share with other artists, hey, I just moved to a completely different state. Here's how I've rebuilt my clientele. So I'm not online educating anymore per se, but I'm still able to help artists, even though I'm not doing nearly the amount that I was. So it's been really good for that reason. And now we're six months into Texas. I still love seeing clients. I've had my own struggles there, but it's another thing. I'm like, oh, I'm collecting more information to be able to help these people. Because if I do decide to sell online stuff again, if I do have that rate night, I've got even more information to be like, hey you can't not do lashes. Like you will absolutely do this. You can't fail with all this information I've collected for you. Well, I started getting bored (laughs) because I do that because I'm not doing as many volume lashes and people don't care to have super customized sets or, you know, these other little details. So I'm like, all right, I need something else to do. So I had a revelation and that's where lash religion came from. I was like, I'm going to make a dope apparel for lash artists that doesn't scream. Hi, I'm a lash artist. So that's where I'm at now. I'm creating new apparel just to give myself a freaking creative side and not be so caught up in the lash world. That's the other thing is, and you guys probably know this, you can easily get sucked into the lash world, see everything that's going on on Instagram, have FOMO for not coming to a lash bash that (laughs) you don't have to be at, but you feel like, oh, I have to be there or, or, or what? You know what I mean? Right. So I just realized that there are two different lives that people can live. And I had to ask myself, what life do I want to live? Do I want to live the Elena in Florida in a beautiful, I don't know. I don't know where she lives, you guys. She might live in a penthouse. I don't freaking know. But she has her fancy cars and her beautiful body. This is nothing against her. It's great. That's the life that she wants. And she's worked hard to get there. But then I always love to use Lindy as an example, too. She's in northern Utah. She still has a beautiful home. She has a beautiful family. She makes very good money like she's living a totally different life and I'm like okay what life do I want to live I want that good home I want I want nice cars but I don't have to have those cars I don't want to be the person with a boat but I still want to have fun on the boat like I don't <laughs> think that. artists ask themselves where they want to live in life because they see this life and they they think they have to have this life and that life's going to bring them happiness no Even though I didn't have that life, I had my ups and downs. And so I could see, oh, hey, I'm making all this money. I'm going to do whatever. That didn't bring me happiness. So when it comes down to all of it, I had to figure out what was making me happy. Because when you're happy, the amount of money kind of matters, but doesn't matter as much. Money doesn't bring you happiness. It just helps you get certain things in life that can bring joy in memories and help others in ways that they may need help. That's my spiel.
1: (laughs) Keep going.
0: You've left us speechless. I just like, I'm seeing Cheryl and we're both looking at each other like, oh,
2: wow.
1: <laughs> I know. I, I'm so engaged in your story right now. Yeah,
2: same.
0: It's very good. It's very refreshing. Well, good. I'm, I'm glad. I mean, I never know. I feel like I always ramble. So I always hope that people get stuff out of me. You know, like the only thing I'm like, you know what? If I can just at least be that positive energy in your life and you're not stressed around me because you know when you meet new people and you're like, oh, my God what are they gonna think of me i'm like hey what's up i'm weird as heck like let's be friends let's be weird together don't worry about everyone else they're gonna like you or they're not so you might as well be yourself so please keep falling
1: out i don't know if you remember this like the first time i met you this is how like i guess you know that we vibe i hope that you know we vibe it's we were at lunch and then the dessert at lunch was a fruit tart right And I didn't like the middle of the fruit tart. I only liked the crust of the fruit tart. And you only ate the middle of the fruit tart. And like, I just met Megs. don't really know her at all. I turned to her. I'm like, can I have your crust? You know? (laughs) (laughs) That's so wraps it up. (laughs) It's perfect. perfect. And then you're like, yeah, have my crust. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay. i your crust. Yes. And I think that like, that's probably our energy really vibe in that way because I never felt judged around you, you know, even if I yeah. were to ask such an obnoxious question like that, because to me, I just think, why waste another fruit tart where I'm not going to eat the middle of the fruit tart <laughs> when I can just eat this girl's crust? Let's um, try Yeah, it. exactly. There's a lot that I want to tease apart in your story. And one of the biggest thing that I wanted to ask you is what did it feel like I guess, in your body, in your mind, and like the feeling that you were getting when it just didn't feel right? Because I want our listener to have something to look out for if they are in kind of like that position. So you said that you couldn't give Mark an answer of why you didn't want to do it. But do you remember what the feeling felt like in your body when you felt that way?
0: Yeah, this is going to be interesting. And other people might have this. Well, first of all, and it's really hard because at the beginning of the year, again, we had talked to multiple different people about energy work and so many other things like that. And she was like, Listen to your gut. And I was like, How in the hell do you listen to your gut? I'm listening to this head up here, the logical side. What do you mean, my gut? No, your gut's the best thing to listen to. I was anxious. I had nervous energy. Like people talk about having anxiety. And I'm like, Why do you think you have anxiety? My hands would sweat. I'm not a sweaty person. And now that I have figured this out, seriously, my hands don't sweat. My armpits don't sweat. I don't have these like, oh, super anxious feelings. I don't have nervous energy of I've got to constantly be doing something or I've got to constantly make, be making noise and rambling. So those were the little things for me. For other people, it might be something else. You know, like some people will eat their feelings. Some people, a lot of people work out their feelings. So like, it's going to be different for each, but like, It's kind of a hard question for me to answer because of that. But like once you are put in a different situation and you actually think about how you were feeling in that moment, you're like, wow, I didn't have to worry about how I was acting or what I was saying. I just felt at peace. Like that's what it is. Think about when you're in different places in your life. Like if you're at one relative's house versus another and you're like, I don't really want to go over there. We don't have the best relationship. How do you feel? You know, you're anxious and your gut's just like, oh, I don't really want to eat. I don't really know what to do. And then you go to someone else's house and you're so happy. Your gut doesn't hurt. You're not anxious. You'll eat all the different things because you're happy. So I think for the listeners, maybe just think about different situations that you've been in where you've been very happy and think about who you're with and how you felt. Mm -hmm. And then think about the other times and how you felt there. And you can start kind of figuring out like, oh, okay, this isn't, isn't because I ate something bad. It's because of this, It's because I was actually anxious and I was nervous in this situation. So yeah, just really paying more attention to how your body feels. And I wish that we would learn that from a young age, but we don't. It's like, think, 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 think. But so many people in my life thinking back about it now, it's like, oh, just listen to your gut. Okay. Well, that's the last thing that I did until now.
1: As someone who struggled with IBS for a really, really long time, you know, I went through my journey of, you know, learning about microbiome and thinking that it was all external reasons, such as the food you eat, the things that you put into your body. I've done every single elimination diet under the sun. Like I've even done like the autoimmune disease and like elimination diet. And I wasn't finding much luck. If anything, I was actually getting worse. And it's only when I decided to like work on the mental aspect of it and then I remember my friend and I we both like you know struggle with IBS so we send each other a lot of like IBS memes and jokes and one of them was saying how like who knew that you know the cure to IBS or like the cure to irregular bowel movement TMI It's
0: a lot of people in this industry Cheryl have it I cannot tell you how many people I've talked to over the years. That have
1: that. Yeah. So so you're not alone. I've learned that like the best cure to it is the sense of safety. It's feeling safe within your body and within like where you are. And I would say now I eat way worse than I've ever eaten. And my gut has fueled felt like the best it's ever felt then that's when I really learned it's not about what you eat it really is about how safe you feel and how at peace you feel with yourself Mm
0: -hmm. well and what you think about what you're eating if you think oh this is going to make me feel sick potentially or I'm going to gain weight from this you are making that mind-to-body connection with this food whether
1: it's a Snickers bar or a piece of broccoli exactly that is couldn't be more true because I even went vegan for a while thinking like you know what I'm going to try everything. And it made me feel so sick because I wasn't having a positive relationship with food. I was fearful of food. I remember clearly like super hungry standing at the Whole Foods, like the bar area where they sell all those like, I don't know, the energy bars and all these things. And just standing there, reading the ingredient list of every single one of them. And every one of them would have something that just like, you know, that isn't healthy. And then I would stand there anxious for 20 minutes and then walk away with my gut feeling terrible. But I would rather feel like that than eat like one little ingredient that wasn't good for me or something. Thinking back, I was just like, that actually contributed to so much anxiety no wonder why my gut was like a hot mess at that time you know so well
0: and how we overthink every single little thing it's like just make a decision people think that I you have to decide right now what you're gonna do this is the path that I'm gonna go on and that decision time in between you're causing yourself so much stress and unease and it's like just decide be like okay I'm gonna be an educator and then guess what if I don't like it I'll forget make t-shirts.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Who I love that. Cares? Who cares? <laughs> Literally no one. It's Just so true. Make a decision. You can always change it. Is it scary? Yeah. Is it making, is the first decision a scary decision? For sure. You're putting yourself out there. You're doing something different. Maybe you'll let someone down. Let's say someone went to college to be a doctor and then, you know, they did it for a little while and they're so miserable and unhappy, but they're like, Oh, I don't want, I don't want my parents to be disappointed with me. Okay, well, do your parents love you? Sure. Maybe they think that that's not the best life journey for you to go from being a doctor to being a chef. I don't know. But if that brings, if that's your true passion, everything that needs to come along with that will come along with that. But we don't tell ourselves that. We think we have to make this one decision and that's that. And if it's miserable, it's fine because we'll make the money that we need to not even take the vacations that we should go on. No one's living their freaking life because they're in this box of just working. So true. That's such a
2: nice feeling. And then she was talking about how like we don't actually celebrate our happiness with other people very much.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Maybe we can get into that. We meet together with people and it's just like, oh, did you hear about that? Or what about this? Oh my gosh. I don't feel good. This thing, that thing. Why is every conversation about the worst parts about our life? Right. So many good things to celebrate. And why do we have such a hard time? Yeah, why do we have such a hard time celebrating other people? Oh, I got this new car. Instead of being like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. You're jealous. Well, why didn't I get a new car? Even if you got a new car last month, well, I want a different new car. It's keeping up with the Joneses and we're all friggin' miserable doing it. And then we have all these negative conversations talking about how what we ate or that we're all on antidepressants, or that we're fat, or literally all the negative, fake bullcrap things. Instead of being like, I had the best day ever. Like, I just got to stay home and read, and I just, you know what I mean? Like, yeah.
1: why? Oh, not the question. I just wanted to share with you, and I guess my listener as well, that you know, in the past couple of weeks, I feel like I'm in that space that you're talking about—the space of feeling peace, and it's the happiest. Like I've been in the past year and a half and two years, like I've been pretty open with the audience here about my struggle with the burnout and my mental health and things like that. And a lot of it comes from this like external shame and guilt that I feel about not doing enough, not being enough. Mine, shame and guilt might be different than some other people. Maybe some other people, it's like, I'm not making that six figure. For me, it's maybe I'm not contributing enough. But in the last couple of weeks, as I'm, you know, going on my mat leaves and I've made a commitment to myself that now being a new mother and this new chapter in my life, it's really my priority. And it's something that just excites me so much that I am going to guilt free and put all my energy into it and just really don't think too much about at all about business because I have my trusted Anne-Marie here taking care of everything.
0: Yes, I know. She is oh your gosh. top dog, homie. Top dog. VIP, <laughs> Thanks, MVP, guys. whatever. It is Anne
1: Marie. She's every she's my everything, okay? Yes. So like yeah, right. she's my everything. But <laughs> yesterday I actually called Anne Marie just on my way home from getting my nails done and just wanted to tell her how freaking happy I am. I said if I could, I'd go to the top of a mountain, scream to top of my lungs, and just say, I am so happy. And the happiness that came from, it's the last two weeks of doing absolutely nothing. I did puzzles for like 10 hours one day. <laughs> I literally watch reality TV show. I'm watching Love Island, you know, and I am doing things that just, that doesn't, I don't have a voice in my head that says, you should be more successful. UA should be bigger. You should build more. You should make more money. What's the next new product? How should we make you way better? I just genuinely was just being with myself, with my husband, being present. And in the last year and a half, you know, I've been doing therapy. I've been doing, you know, a lot of work and all these things trying to heal, obviously, a lot of the wounds that I have discovered, but also try to like work on my mental health. But it's kind of like the IVS thing. It's like the second I stop working on it because I stop letting it take up so much mental space. That's when I'm free from it.
0: Yes. Well, and you know what's interesting, like with that, is we can be thinking that we're doing something positive. Okay, I'm going to heal this with going vegan. I'm going to heal this. But then at the same time, it can be so positive that it's not, it's negative. Mm-hmm. And so we're actually like, oh, this is stressful, or oh, why isn't it getting fixed yet? Or oh, like we have all those negative things that we don't realize are going through our mind that actually are through all of our positivity. Oh, I'm doing this
1: healing thing. That's what I was going to say too cuz like this whole positivity thing, right? Like yesterday Emery and I touched on that topic about how I told her, you know, I feel so grateful that I have such a supportive friend that I can just go and tell her that like I am unbelievably happy. Like what did Emory <laughs> say? I'm bouncing off the walls, right? Yeah. But you were. <laughs> but haven't you guys noticed that like a lot of the times people feel like I don't know if you guys ever feel that way? Where you almost can't tell that to people or share that when you're genuinely that happy. It's like something is, it's like to me, the narrative I have in my head is that's inconsiderate.
0: Yep. It's like, oh, I'm rubbing my happiness in your face because you have complained to me for so many years about all the things that are not right in your life. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. We have this horrible, horrible thing in the entire world where we complain and nothing's ever good enough. We never have enough. Do you understand? how spoiled we are. Even the people that don't have as much as we have, we're still pretty spoiled. We're so lucky. But because of social media and because of everything that we look at, it's never good enough. And so we're never happy with ourselves because we don't ask ourselves, what's actually going to make me happy? Are those things going to make me happy? Things do not make us happy. You have to love yourself literally from the inside out. And when you figure that out, You're going to figure so much more out. But if you're not happy with yourself, nothing, not a single thing, not a single person, not the cutest freaking animal in the world will make you happy.
1: And then also, I've also noticed this too, that there are those who refuse to be negative, but then their refusal to be negative, is actually from a place of fear and from a place not love. So they then say, I am so happy maybe because I have all these things or they brush away like the things that doesn't make them happy, but they just shine the spotlight on maybe the material stuff that they have or the success they have the money that they make instead of truly just say I'm stupid happy right now because I did puzzle for 10 hours
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that for you (laughs) from a puzzler from a puzzler and my sister-in-law that I'm with right now too she's a major puzzler I get that I love puzzles It's the simplicity of life that we're just skipping past. You know what I mean? Like, oh, and that's why you guys like going back to my course, if you actually typed in the website, it was simplify lashes because I'm trying to simplify people's lives to make them realize like, oh, I don't have to do 15 million things. Let's do this, do that. I've made it way more complicated than it needs to be with anything life. just simplify it and you'll be better. That's what I think.
1: Do you think that you going back to lashing is a way for you to simplify things? And are you much happier?
0: (laughs) So much happier. Like, sure. Like I said, to be completely transparent, I cut off a huge source of income. And so that comes with it. It's different things. But I have viewed money completely different as well. I decided, okay, we're going to move and we're going to live a happy life. We're not going to be like, oh my gosh, I can't do this or I can't do that or I can't go on this vacation. It's like, no, if we want to go eat here, we're going to eat here. We're not spending frivolously. But if we can create this great memory together and be happy, you're going to remember that happiness. But a lot of people get so stressed about money, even if they have enough money, if they have plenty of money. Some people still have that poor relationship with it. And so they're like, I don't want to go out to eat because I don't want to spend that money. And then you, and then you go And then you have that core memory that's a negative memory. So then you don't want to go back or you don't want to go with that person. Instead of building up all these positive memories, people build up negative memories. Isn't that crazy? Like, why did life start being that way? Even with positive, like, there's toxic positivity where they're like, no, I'm going to turn anything positive. It's not going to be a big deal. No, you need the darkness. You need light. You need the bad days and the good days. I, for the most part, can't really think of a time where I've had a consistent crappy day after day after day, but not last week, the week before. Every single day of work sucked. Either clients didn't wake up or they needed to reschedule last minute or the AC went out at the salon or just little things like that. Every single day. I called Mark every single day on the way home and he was like, I don't know if I can do this. And I was like, well, you know what? I can say that over the last nine years, I haven't consistently called you and had the negative. But Now I can appreciate that and be like, but next week is going to be so much better because I'm going to choose that it's going to be better too. But yeah, you have to have both sides. People think, oh, I'm going to go do yoga and be namaste and be positive all the time. No, that's just not life. And that's, we're not meant to just be positive all the time because we have to learn. Right. Bad things happen. One thing that really stood out
2: to me that I've seen just kind of like through my journey is that bad things happen. You have close friends who pass away. You have people who get sick in your life. Those are bad things. And you can understand that whatever you believe in, you know the bigger picture of it, however, bad things happen. It's okay to take that moment to cry, to feel down, to feel bad about it, and still be an overall just like happy person. Bad things happen to happy people, people who are happy 300 days of the year, bad things still happen.
0: So you know what's really interesting, you guys, is the year that my dad died. We knew it was going to happen. We had a weekend to say goodbye. It was amazing. I was super grateful for it. The day that my sister called me to tell him he had passed, I was numb. Because I I didn't know how to actually take it. I didn't cry. I went to work. I didn't tell the girls that I worked with anything. Like, it was super weird. After his funeral, I came home and I was like, you know, you feel really sad and you kind of don't know how to feel also. Well, I decided I'm going to choose through this time cannot feel sadness. I'm going to remember happy memories and I'm going to tell myself different things. So this is where my whole like positive mantra thing came about a a few years ago, if either of you can remember that. I would get on my story almost every single day and just post my positive mantra for the day because I got to choose out of this sad situation to find the happiness. I was going to tell myself it's okay. I was going to tell myself certain things that I didn't believe about myself. I would get in the shower every single morning And I would tell myself I was beautiful and I would tell myself that I was smart because I didn't believe that in myself. And starting that changed my life. But while I was doing that, I would get on every single day and I was happy because I was choosing happiness. I had so many messages though that were like, are you okay? Are you, are you good? And I'm like, yeah, I'm really happy because even though I was posting these positive things, people took it as a negative thing. Like, oh, she's not good. She's not okay. And I'm like, no, I am. And I'm sharing this because I found something that I loved and so I want to share it with someone else and maybe it'll also lighten up their day. But isn't that crazy how people will take the negativity from even the most positive thing? Yeah. Like what is
1: that? Crazy. Life is like that. It's, it's an ebb and flow. It's positive and negative. And then it all depends on the person's mindset you know, speaking of like, you know, like like yesterday, bouncing off the wall happy. And then last night, you know, I found out that my grandma is now like on diapers and she can't control her bowel movements and things like that anymore. And I can't, can't even go home and see her. And like, you know, I was thinking in the same day that I'm calling my best friend, telling her that I'm happy bouncing off the wall and the person that I care about the most is probably going to die soon. And And I feel like we, as humans, don't make space for everything. You know, we we only make space for the things that make us feel good. And it's not even like really make us feel good, but it's to run away and escape from the bad feelings. And yesterday I was like, you know, telling myself that I'm allowed to be happy, bouncing up the wall happy. And I'm also allowed to be really sad at the same time because the person I love the most in the world Mm -hmm. is leaving me, you know, so... Wow, this is a very yeah. emotional episode.
0: Right? I know we're all it's crying now We of all are. these things. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's super hard to watch someone go through that transition. And you want to do what you can and you just have to decide like it, it just is what it is. So what can I do for the time that I have left with you? And that's the other thing in life is we are these workhorses and we work and work and work. And whether you do lashes or you have a corporate job and you get that paid time off and everything, people aren't taking vacations. They're not living their life and they're not happy. And I was sick of not being happy. I wanted to be happy and I want you to be happy. I want Emory to be happy. I want us all to live our best lives and be transparent with people to show them that having these other things isn't what brings us happiness. We have to figure out everything inside of ourselves to get that happiness
1: yeah absolutely
0: so i'm sorry that you're going through that i feel you i'm sorry so thanks. that's really hard thanks
1: well Max, thank you so much for your vulnerability and thank you so much for sharing your story with us i truly truly enjoyed it i was so engaged that like sometimes i just feel like i didn't want to interrupt and ask any questions because you're a really really brave soul You have the courage to do what makes you happy. I hope you never, ever lose that. So for those of us who want to get to know you even more, where can we find you? You
0: can find me at magslashes, M-A-G-G-S, lashes, if you want to, if you don't mind, because I will be doing a lot more on this other page in the future, Lash Religion Apparel. Nice. Also, you can get some cool new shirts on there that are like, hey, holo, what's up? Um, I'm going to be on that page a little bit more and start kind of focusing on that. So that's where you can find me on Instagram. I would give you my personal number, but I absolutely will not be doing that because I can't have more people text me than I already have.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, then we won't do that on this episode. Um, You guys just have to build your own relationship with Megs if that's what you want. Exactly. So Megs, before we let you go, do you have last words of wisdom that you want to leave to our audience?
0: Yes. If you are unhappy for any reason, the fear is going to rage inside of you and tell you that you're being silly or that you should not stop this thing or that thing. Do it. Listen to your gut learn about how to listen to your gut. Start researching. If you are happy, there is no reason in this world that you should be unhappy. I want you guys to live your life as best as you can. I want you to take that vacation, even if you think you don't have the time or you don't have the money, put it on the credit card. What is it? That's just debt. Guess what? You can declare bankruptcy if you absolutely have to, you guys. The worst thing that can happen isn't even death. It's our hands getting cut off. Truthfully, you can always restart there's always somebody there for you. So please just live your happiest, most truest life. Be you. Don't try and be someone else. If you're weird and goofy, I'm weird and goofy. If you're really structured or this or that, there's going to be people that, you know, resonate with that too. So just be you and love what you do.
2: That's all for this episode of Untamed. Thank you so much for joining us today. You can see the show notes and all of the resources mentioned in today's episode at untamedartistry.com. Don't forget to subscribe. And remember, as your study buddy, we are always here for you. Don't hesitate to send us a DM at untamed.artistry.